Christ is making all things new. He's making all things new, and all who believe in him will live forever with him on a glorious new earth. You're listening to Wonder Lake Bible Church, building mature followers of Jesus Christ. Find us online at wlbiblechurch.org. Now, here's Pastor Dan Cox with today's message. Did everybody have a good Christmas? Did you have a good Christmas? All right, excellent. Glad to hear that. Did you get what you wanted? Did you get all the gifts you wanted for Christmas? Did you get everything you wanted? Or am I okay? Well, we do have someone, yeah, back here. Got everything you want. I got a hoverboard. All right. So, excellent. Excellent. So, well, I hope that you did get lots of good gifts, but I want to tell you that actually I've got some better stuff for you than anything that you may have received yesterday. You know, there's lots of good gifts you may have received, but there are far, far better gifts that God has given to us in Christ, in our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And what he has given us is the gift of himself, is hope, it's life, eternal life in him. And so this Christmas season, we've been talking about that hope that we have, that Jesus, when he came into this world, says that hope is on the horizon then now. For all of us, uh, if you have attended this church for any amount of time, you know this, you've heard this before, but if you're visiting with us, I want you to know that when we talk about hope, when the Bible talks about hope, we don't use that word the way we do in our everyday language. Our everyday language, hope means a wish or a desire for something that may or may not come true. But when the Bible uses the word hope, it means something that is sure and certain. It's the absolute promise of God. It's backed up by his power and by his character. He will never fail to do what he says he is going to do. And so this is our hope, our assurance in Christ. What is the hope that God has given us? What are these gifts that he has given us in Christ? Well, we've said there is eternal life. There is perfect righteousness or holiness. There is the resurrection of the body. There is heavenly reward. And then today then, we're going to be looking at this last part of it here, a new earth. Now, there's more to our hope than that, but I think these are five pretty good ones right here of our biblical hope, don't you think? And today then, we're going to look at this last one here, and that is the hope of the new earth. Our scripture passage will be in Revelation 21, Revelation 21, 1 through 8. And here is the key thought that I want us to take away from this here today, is that Christ is making all things new. He's making all things new, and all who believe in him will live forever with him on a glorious new earth. You know, sometimes we have this idea, well, if you're a believer, when you die, well, you die, you you go to heaven, and we just picture this kind of this disembodied, mysterious state of forever in some other realm called heaven, but that's not what Scripture teaches at all. Now, it is true, when we die now in Christ, we do, in, we do go into the presence of the Lord, into heaven, but that's not the final destination. That's a, a waiting place for when heaven comes to here, to a new earth, a new heavens and a new earth. And so Christ is making all things new. And we will live forever with him on a glorious new earth. We're in Revelation 21, verses 1 through 8, but first a little context here. Revelation, the, of course, you know, the, the, the big theme of this book is about the final triumph of Christ. 
the final triumph of Christ over evil. Well, God will win. God wins. We've seen how this book ends. And in two words, God wins, right? But through Christ, through faith in him, we win along with him. No matter how dark the world is now, how evil may seem to prevail now, and then it will not prevail. God will prevail. Righteousness will prevail. And we will conquer with Christ over all of that. So it is about the final triumph of Christ. We've seen God's mercy, God's love in sending a Savior, God's patience in not judging the world entirely just yet. But God is just, and he is going to bring final justice into this world. He will triumph over it when Christ returns. He's coming again. And when he returns, he will bring that judgment onto the world. He will rule over this world in the millennial reign. But then there will be a final rebellion against him and a final judgment, the end of this age. And then this brings us then to Revelation 21 here, where we are today, with the new heaven and the new earth. It doesn't just end with judgment. Judgment is the end of this age, but then there is the new to begin, the new heaven and the new earth. Let's listen to the Apostle John and what he tells us here in Revelation 21, starting in verse 1. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for the murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death." So now here we're seeing here this promise that God is going to make all things new. He isn't just redeeming people. He isn't just redeeming our souls or spirits either, is it? He is redeeming us entirely in our bodies as well as our souls and spirits. But he isn't just redeeming people. He is redeeming the whole created order, making all things new. What are some of these new things that we just read of here then? Well, We're going to see here that it is a new heaven and a new earth. Now, when the scripture uses that word heaven, uh, there were were three meanings, three different meanings of heaven in the scriptures. Uh, One use of the word heaven refers to what we would call the sky or the atmosphere up above us here on the earth. That's a heaven, the heavens. But then there is 
the next level of heavens, which is what we would call space, outer space, where the sun and the moon and the stars and the, the galaxies are. So there's the atmosphere heaven. There's the second heaven, which is space. But then the third heaven is what we would call then that, that's that special dwelling place of God. You know, that, that God is present everywhere, but there is a special presence of dwelling in heaven, the throne room there. And so God is making not just the earth new, but the heavens new. In other words, the entire created order, he is making new then. A new atmosphere, a new space, and a new dwelling place of God. And he's making a new earth, this planet that we occupy right now. It too, just as our bodies are going to be raised and made new, this earth, this planet is going to be made new as well. You know, there's some question or debate about when God makes the the earth new, will it be a totally new creation, something completely new that does not exist right now? Or is he going to take the materials of this earth and fashion them new and make that new? Will it be a renovated earth, if you will? Will it be a totally new earth, or will it be a renovated earth that we are on now? Well, we don't know that for sure, but I can tell you that that I believe that it will be this current earth, renovated, made new, that there will be, I believe it's going to follow the pattern of Christ's resurrection body and our bodies, that there is going to be a continuity, a physical continuity that he is going to make new. So just like when, we, when, when Christ was raised from the grave, it wasn't a completely brand new body that didn't exist before. It was that same body that he was born with and lived on on this earth, but now glorified, resurrected. And just as for you and me, when we are glorified, when we are raised one day, it will be these same bodies, but raised, made new, glorified. And I think that's what God is going to do with the heavens and the earth. It's going to be the same material, but glorified, made powerful, made gloriously better. We're told there that the sea was no more. Does that mean that on the earth, the, on the new earth, there's going to be no oceans, no large bodies of water? Maybe. Some uh, understand it that way, but I don't think that's what it is. I think it is symbolically a way of speaking. In the scriptures, the sea is associated with being like the, this, this realm of wickedness and evil. And that, like, for example, we see the beast rises out of the sea. We read about that in Revelation 12. But is the, is the beast going to come up out of the ocean? No, it's a, out of the sea. It's the realm of wickedness and evil. And I think that's what we're being told there. There will no longer be this realm of wickedness or evil anymore. The sea was no more. A new heaven and a new earth. But also a new Jerusalem then. The new earth will be populated by God's people of all ages. There will be human cultures, human nations, human cities. But there will be a great capital city on the new earth. And that city will not be Washington. It will not be Rome it will be new Jerusalem. And it is a holy city. Scripture, holy means to be separate, set apart. It is a city unlike any other, set apart, separate, holy, a holy city. And I believe it is what Jesus was referring to. Remember in John 14, the night before he was crucified, Jesus was comforting his disciples, and he told them what? I go to prepare a place for you. 
I think that was literal. And he was going to prepare a place for you. And what is that place he was preparing for you and me? This city, New Jerusalem. He's been working on it for a while. It was pretty amazing what he did in six days here on this. Imagine he's had 2,000 plus years to prepare this city. I think it's going to be a pretty spectacular city. Well, we don't have to guess. We have, a read, we, we have a, that in scriptures that tells us about how amazing this city will be then. We're also going to have a new dwelling place, a new dwelling place that says what? Behold, the dwelling place of God is now with man. God is everywhere. He is present everywhere, but he makes his presence more known in certain places to bless. And that place we call heaven. But now that heaven is coming to earth. His dwelling place is now with us. It is a place of immense blessing and joy. In heaven, there was the tabernacle, the temple in Old Testament times. We, the body of Christ, the Holy Spirit indwells, dwells within us. But heaven, the dwelling place of God, will come down, and it will be in New Jerusalem. New Jerusalem is the great city where the throne of God will be there. And the people of God, they will be his people, and God will be there with them as their God. So there's a new heaven and a new earth. There's a new Jerusalem. There's a new dwelling place. Heaven is now here, but then there is the new order of things. God will wipe away every tear. Death shall be no more. No mourning, no crying, no pain. And all those former things have passed away. Are you looking forward to seeing all of those things gone forever and ever? Absolutely. It's been said the new earth will be known not only for what is there, but also for what is not there. It will be known for what is there, God and God's glory, but it will also be known for what is not there, death, mourning, crying, pain, tears. All of those things are the old order of things, but now there is a new order of things. Those things have passed away. And I love the assurance then that we're given here then. It says, He who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Write this down. These words are trustworthy and true. Isn't that wonderful? (laughs) These words are trustworthy and true. And then he says, it is done. That's the second time he has used that phrase. Jesus said that in scripture. When was the first time? On the cross when he said what? It is finished. The work of redemption had been finished, accomplished on the cross and now, but even then, that everything that was need, necessary for our salvation was done, was finished, was accomplished on that cross. But now, here we're saying, but that's not the end of our story, is it? There's still much more that awaits us. And now, we're saying what? The end of the age, the final culmination, the blessing, the new heaven, the new earth. It is done. It is done. His plan is finished. Who is this one who makes such a bold claim or statement as that? The Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. Alpha and Omega are the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet. It would be like us saying the A and the Z, the beginning and the end, the be all, the end all, what it's all about. In other words, he is the sovereign Lord of the universe who was, who is, and who always will be, who has all power, can do all things, and who it's all about from beginning to end. He is the one who says, 
it is done. Amen for that. And then there's a wonderful promise to the thirsty. The thirsty, they will drink from the spring of the water of life without payment. In other words, how can we receive this great blessing in Christ? By drinking of that water of life through faith, through faith in him. Repentance, turning from sin and turning toward God, turning toward faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, in his perfect life, his death, his resurrection. That is drinking from the spring of the water of life. It's faith. It's faith in Christ. And it says the one who conquers will have this legacy, will have all of this. Who is the one who conquers? Well, we conquer. We are the conquerors, but not because we have overcome, but we conquer through being united by faith in Christ, who is the conqueror, the one who has overcome. So those who conquer are those who have linked with the conqueror through faith, through faith in him. We are conquerors in the conqueror Christ. He will be our God, and we will be his children. Amen for that. You know, a lot of uh, times when this scripture passage is read, people stop right there because that's wonderful, (laughs) everything that we've just read. But the scriptures don't give us that option of just stopping right there because there's also all that assurance and that promise, but there's also a warning. There's a warning then too that what? For those who do not drink from the spring of the water of life, for those who do not conquer in Christ, they they will remain forever as they are in their sin and they will be subject to eternal judgment in the lake of fire. It's not a pleasant thing, but that is what the scriptures teach us here. And so we're not going to stop at verse 7. We continue on there. That There's that wonderful promise and that hope, but there is a warning. I said, what the gospel is good news, but we do not understand just how good that news is until we understand it in the light of the bad news, which is eternal judgment for those who turn away from God who remain in their sin then forever. I'd like to take just a a few moments here then now to engage in what I call a little sanctified speculation, a little sanctified speculation, just thinking about what is the new heaven, the new earth, the new Jerusalem? Uh, What is that going to be like there? So I've told you before, there's a wonderful book I've read uh, on that. Besides the scriptures, uh, there is another book I've read on that. Uh, called Heaven by Randy Alcorn. And uh, who, knew this? who knew that was coming? All right? Okay, you got it here, right? As I said, I am expecting to receive some royalties from the publisher here on, on this here. But uh, anyway, I just want to, to read a few excerpts uh, from what he says about the new earth and about the new Jerusalem, about the new heavens, and then a final word about that longing within us for that. I want to listen to, uh, listen to this, what he says, speaking of the new earth. He says, Every joy on earth, including the joy of reunion, is an inkling and a whisper of greater joy. The Grand Canyon, the Alps, the Amazon rainforest, the Serengeti Plain, these are rough sketches of the new earth. He says, and I agree with him here, he says, just as our resurrection bodies will be better than our current ones, the new earth's natural wonders will presumably be more spectacular than those we now know. 
We can expect more magnificent mountains and more beautiful lakes and flowers than those on this earth. If we imagine the new earth to have fewer and less beautiful features than the old, we picture the earth's regression. The least we should expect is retention. But in fact, I believe there's every reason to anticipate progression. The depiction of the precious metals and stones and vast architecture is lavish beyond imagination, as are the descriptions of trees on both sides of the great river bearing new fruit each month. Everything God tells us suggests that we will look back at the present earth and conclude, creatively speaking, that God was just warming up and getting started. And you know what? Such as on earth, look at what we already can see on other planets in this solar system. It says, look at God's track record in creating natural wonders in this universe. On Mars, the volcano Olympus Mons rises 79,000 feet, nearly three times higher than Mount Everest. The base of Olympus Mons is 370 miles across and would cover the entire state of Nebraska. The Valles Marineris is a vast canyon that stretches one-sixth of the way around Mars. It's 2,800 miles long, 370 miles wide, and four and a half miles deep. Hundreds of our Grand Canyons could fit inside it. The New Earth may have far more spectacular features than these. Imagine what we might find on the new moons, or the new Saturn and Jupiter, and the magnificent moons. The new Earth's waterfalls may dwarf Niagara, or the new Niagara Falls may dwarf the one we know now. We will find rock formations more spectacular than Yosemite's, peaks higher than the Himalayas, forests deeper and richer than anything we see in the Pacific Northwest. Because the beauty of the new Earth. But then what about that capital city, the new Jerusalem? It says, the new Jerusalem will be a place of extravagant beauty and natural wonders. It will be a vast Eden integrated with the best of human culture under the reign of Christ. More wealth than has been accumulated in all earth, in all human history, will be spread freely across this immense city. It's described as an amazing, huge city, 1,400 miles in, in, in length and height and width. Uh, It says, given the dimensions of this, we need not worry that heaven will be crowded. (laughs) The ground level of the city will be nearly 2 million square miles, and that is 40 times bigger than England, 15,000 times bigger than London. It's 10 times as big as France or Germany and far larger than India. But remember, that is just the ground level. It says, people have told me they can't get excited about the New Jerusalem because they don't like cities. But this city will be different. It will have all the advantages we associate with earthly cities, but none of the disadvantages. The city will be filled with natural wonders, magnificent architecture, thriving culture, but it will have no crime, pollution, sirens, traffic fatalities, garbage, or homelessness. It will truly be heaven on earth. The new earth, the new Jerusalem, about the new heavens. He asks, Do I seriously believe the new heavens will include new galaxies, planets, moons, white dwarf stars, neutron stars, black holes, and quasars? Yes. 
The fact that they are a part of the first universe and that God called them very good, at least in their original forms, means they will be part of the resurrected universe. And when I look at the Horsehead Nebula and ask myself what it's like there, I think that one day I'll know. And just as I believe this self-same body, as the Westminster Confession put it, will be raised, and the self-same earth will be raised, I believe the same self Horsehead Nebula will be raised. Why? Because it is part of the present heavens and therefore will be raised as part of the new heavens. He asks a very interesting question. He says, will the new planets be mere ornaments or does God intend for us to reach them one day? Even under the curse, we've been able to explore the moon and we have the technology to land on Mars. Will we be able to, what will we be able to accomplish for God's glory when we have resurrected minds, unlimited resources, complete scientific cooperation, and no more death. Will the far edges of our galaxy be within reach? And what about other galaxies which are plentiful as blades of grass in a meadow? I imagine we will expand the borders of righteous mankind's Christ-centered dominion, not as conquerors who seize what belongs to others, but as faithful stewards who will occupy and manage the full extent of God's physical creation. I said before, you ever wonder why the universe is so large? I think it's because we're going to live forever, and it's going to take that long to explore it all and to glorify God in it and through it all. What about that longing? He says, have you ever bought an economy ticket for a flight, but because of overbooking or some other reasons been upgraded to first class? Did you regret the upgrade? Did you spend your time wondering, what am I missing out on by not being in the back of the plane? He says, the upgrade from the old earth to the new earth will be vastly superior to that from economy to first class. It may feel more like an upgrade to first class from the baggage hold. Gone will be sin, the curse, death, and suffering. In every way, we will recognize that the new earth is better. In no sense could it ever be worse. If we would miss something from our old lives and the old earth, it would be available to us on the new earth. Why? Because we will experience all God intends for us. He fashions us to want precisely what he will give us. So what he gives us will be exactly what we want. Amen for that. So what? Well, I would remind us where we started in saying that Christ is making all things new and all who believe in him will live forever with him on a glorious new earth. So I encourage you to drink from the spring of life, to place your faith in Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. To conquer then in Christ's power, we don't conquer in our own power. We conquer through the conqueror who has overcome. And finally then, share it. Share the message of hope. You see, this is what Christmas is really all about, isn't it? It's about the coming of Christ. And what does the coming of Christ mean? It means all of these things that we've said and more. That is Christmas. That is what we celebrate. Share that message of hope with others. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this amazing hope that we have in Jesus Christ. 
I pray then, Lord, that we would drink deeply from that water of life, from the spring of the water of life. Thank you that Jesus Christ has overcome, that he has overcome sin and death, and that through faith in him, Lord, we too can overcome, and that we have, Lord, this glorious hope through faith in him. Eternal life, perfect righteousness, a resurrected body, heavenly reward, and the new earth. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us and what you're going to do. May we celebrate that this Christmas and every day and share that good news with others. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. For more information about Wonder Lake Bible Church, visit wlbiblechurch.org. 